What's going on? Checking in from nice and cold Canada. What's uh, up? Getting this done. Just filmed some sweet videos for YouTube, uh, some form videos. Today we took care of uh, close grip diamond push-ups and what was the other one? I already forgot. Uh, front raise, dumbbell front, front Dumbbell raise. front raise. So we're trying to keep that playlist going. So if you haven't been to our YouTube in a while, definitely go back, uh, check that out. We've got tons of great content and form going there. But as always, I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host, KG. And uh, we're going to jump right into Mailbox Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, we got some good questions this week, so we're excited to see what's going on. So uh, here's the first question. I've been working out six days a week for many years now. I'm an intermediate level-ish. My goal is somewhere between strength and size. Lean bulking right now, surplus around 300 calories. How much should I worry about the studies on weekly volume and overtraining? Should I stick with the 12 to 20 sets per week to make sure I'm programming in the long run? I feel like I might be able to recovery from more and sometimes just want to go hard with finishers, drop sets, etc. So to surmise that, I think the best, he's basically saying, am I going to overtrain if I do some drop sets? Should I be really concerned about keeping it between guidelines of 12 to 20 uh, kind of sets uh, as he deems himself an intermediate? So there are some volume recommendations that have been going around. I know uh, Jeff Nippard's really big on all that, I think. Uh, so they'll say beginner should only do yay amount of volume and intermediate yay amount and advanced should cap out at usually I think it's 23 or 26 sets of volume. So that's a rhetoric around that. However, there has been new studies showing that volume could basically, could almost be non-limited, meaning you could do as much as you physically can, um, assuming your body can take it, which is interesting because that kind of goes against those previously understood studies but bear in mind this is very new research um, but there is obviously a lot of focus on it now and even personally sometimes I will venture past that and if you're feeling good you have a really good day what's to say you can't add in a few drop sets get a little bit more of a pump the energy there go for it obviously there's a tipping point so you know if you're if you add a little bit too much and everything you kind of tip the scale so to speak then it's going to be detrimental so that's why it's more intelligent to stick to a program and stick to a certain level of volume but needless to say, if you feel like you're under training and you know you have no reason to not potentially add more, I say why not add it? Challenge yourself with you know an extra few sets, do those drop sets, something like that. You seem like you have a decent understanding of what's going on. You are in a surplus. When you're in a surplus, I tend to find you can do a little bit more. And volume isn't standard, right? So you have to keep that in. That's why I usually am not a fan of the, the 12 to 20 or quote-unquote volume recommendations. I like to monitor it to see where it is. But like, let's say I'm doing five sets of bicep curls and then five sets of ab crunches. That's a joke. That'll take me 10 minutes. It's not a ton of fatigue on my body. Whereas if I told you to do three sets of incredibly heavy squats, three sets of incredibly heavy hip thrusts, and then four sets of lunges, that's a different story, and that's about 45 minutes of your time. So that's why I wouldn't get too entrapped in the whole volume. Look at your training time. Look at your frequency. Look at your fatigue. And if all else fails, you know, pay someone like ourselves who can actually program effectively and efficiently and look at things without bias and give you a really, really solid program to make sure you're progressing. But if you're progressing, there's no need to necessarily do anything radical, but those are more some things to kind of provoke your thought because once again, there is no standstill correct answer. That's why there's these guidelines, which are handy, but usually you have to read past the initial data. Beauty, yeah. Well said, man. <laughs> you got any questions? Uh, I'm going to try to pull some up. I okay, I have one it. more. Um, here's a question for future mailbox. 
How does one determine what is a reasonably good increase for a PR of each of the compound movements after completing a 12-week progressive overload program designed by the talented Josh Wilkinson? What a nice question from there my boy go. David Goldberg. Oh, He's a great a client. Um, so yeah, I like doing a lot of linear programming. It's really effective. So linear programming effectively works off of building blocks. So you're going to start with a more dense and heavy volume phase, and you're going to kind of transition to overload. You know, kind of work on lifting a little heavier, a little bit of a back off, then you overload once again, and then usually you'll end up peaking and going for PRs. So a more simple answer to that question is like, how much should I be gaining on my compounds? What's an appropriate compound increase? So first and foremost, the so one thing I'll find with compounds. Now don't let this be an excuse, but it is one thing I find to be very evident and often is that people usually when they run a program for the first few times uh, they'll kind of gain in all their lifts but eventually it seems like two lifts will go up and one will stay pretty stagnant i've had an issue with this and it's always a different lift and this this could be you know for many different reasons but that's why i wouldn't get too down on yourself if you're not getting massive and insane increases in all three of your lifts it's not the end of the world any increase in strength is fantastic whether it's five pounds ten pounds two pounds an increase is an increase which means you're getting better it's like putting away money even if you're saving a dollar a month you're still saving and you're still net positive and that shows that you're going to trend positive you're going to increase you're going to gain whereas if you're losing strength or you're losing money each month it shows you're downward or you know even if you're maintaining so that's why any progress is good progress um, a lot of people say i only gained 10 20 30 i've had people complain about getting 60 pounds <laughs> in like three months on a block and i'm like are you kidding me like what do you expect here? So really, any increase is fantastic. I mean, I know I can improve, produce usually way more than 5 to 10 pounds, especially if you're newer. I can usually get people up about 60 pounds to 100 pounds off their first block, and then past that, obviously, it'll be a point of diminishing returns. But for me, every 5 pounds I gain, I'm super proud of. I know I'm working towards bettering myself and getting further forward. That's it, man. Great answer. David's a beast, that guy. Um, we got another question. This actually stemmed into one of our YouTube videos. So if you are not up to date with our YouTube channel, please go check it out. We have fantastic content. Basically, someone was asking, uh, what is the best exercise for bicep growth? Is it hammer curls versus regular dumbbell curls? And instead of giving you the answer, I'm going to tell you right now, head over, type in Colossus Fitness on YouTube. Check it out. It's literally like a three to four minute video. But I mean, basically the answer is it's both. Um, and then we explain why and you guys can choose exactly why you're going to choose each exercise and, and put it, uh, which one into your routine. So that's, uh, there's so many different benefits and uh, make sure to go check that out. Another question we got was, do you think you'll ever start selling clothes? In one of your Q&As from 2017, you talked about it. So yeah, yeah, actually you answer. I've been talking too much. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, and this guy, his name is Luca. I'm answering all his questions because he keep continuously keeps asking questions. Um, so we love it. Yeah, we you support demand. every single one of you that More are asking these questions. But yeah, I mean, we'd love to get into some type of clothing, like mainly for I guess you could say our clients and just have them repping something Colossus Fitness style. We've done a lot in the past, and it's just been honestly like a little bit of a headache just getting it, getting it printed, um, shipping it out, and all that stuff. But you know, we we do really want to make like 15 20 or 30 of them just for some of our tr truly loyal fans or clients to to represent yeah we we i think we've ordered almost 200 and we sold out of most we have a few xls 
for an XL message us and we might be able to make that happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, it's usually good, you know, we do big orders and everyone's super fired up, but when it comes, we found, you know, sales trickle a little bit more than we thought. And it's hard just to order any clothing. We don't like to do that. We want to make sure it's super high quality and not just, you know, some random shirt with our logo slapped on it awkwardly. Yeah. So, and that's not easy to do and to price it all out, it's super expensive on our side and time consuming and we really do want to get it going again. And we will, the time will come. We just need to make the right connects and organize everything appropriately, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got one other question because we've actually gone to the Arnold a couple of years now, the Arnold Fitness, Fitness Expo, for those of you who don't know. We got a question, will you be attending the expo? So the answer is yes, we will be going. We booked the tickets for the, I guess, booked the Airbnb because we don't need tickets since we'll be driving. So for any of you who are, you know, fitness fanatics and are going to be checking it out, make sure to hit us up if you want to meet up and that'd be awesome. Yeah, we love uh, seeing, you know, people from the community coming up, talking about what they've learned or they watch your stuff it means a ton you know because when you when you film stuff like this and even though you see all these numbers numbers are just numbers so mm -hmm. it's really cool when you meet like each and every person that watches it and you're like wow it's amazing and it really kind of affirms what we do and gives us a really good purpose to it and gives us a lot of fire to keep making great content and we have some great plans for content we've been super out of the vlog game and everything but we'll also be in miami next week which is pretty sweet uh we're, we're gonna try i want to say 100 percent we will i know we will we're gonna get it done we're gonna make some vlogs and that's it just have some fun with it uh it's just gonna be keep it goofy keep it lighthearted, keep it fun keep it informational but you know just like the old days just get to keep the camera out film some stuff not overthink it should be a really cool fun time for us so we're super fired up and excited for that Okay, we've got one more question. We'll dive into it. We'll cut a little short today. Uh, Kyle's got to head out, and we're in a car, and it's like negative 10, so I'm sure it's not ideal for us, but whatever. <laughs> I think it's better than the summer, though, man. The summer, we'd be in this car, and it would just be like a sauna in here filming these things. It's true, yeah. It's... I was ugly. I wish there was just a nice, happy medium. That's the best. Last question from my boy, Ralph. He said, hey, what is the best warm-up before the gym? Something I've been loving to do is just do a lot of stretching. I'll stretch for about 10 minutes. I'll kind of start from the top of my body down to my legs and hold my stretches for about 15 to 20 seconds because I know that's what you recommended was the best for holding a stretch in the past. Is this a good warm-up? Well, that's a great question. Um, I mean, from what I understand and from what the research says, uh, we've done a lot of this. I know Josh has looked into it a lot and shared the information with me, but you really don't exactly want to be doing static stretching before a workout. So if you guys have seen our YouTube uh, videos and just anything that we've talked about in the past, we always try to do dynamic type exercises. Josh just got this really cool hip circle um, from Slingshot, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we've been using that just to warm up the hips. We do a lot of leg kicks, a lot of arm circles and all that good stuff. But, you know, uh, ideally you're going to want to stay away from doing the static stretching at the, uh, at the start of the workout. Yeah, so basically think of an elastic band. Uh, you want your elastic band to snap. You want it to be kind of quick, right? Whereas if you stretch it out too much, it'll lose some of that initial stiffness and rubberiness. And the way muscles work when you lift rest is you're using that elastic stretch, whether you're using the slow twitch or the fast twitch, and you want that stretch, right? Saying so, what we don't want is a cold muscle. That's going to be dangerous. That's how you can damage it. Heat actually is a really important role. Of, like That's why it's called literally warming up. Heat, even for your joints, like that's a big benefit 
benefit of using knee sleeves as well that people don't know about. Keeping that heat there will help stimulate the joint, the muscle, everything, blood circulation, and that will help protect it. So mainly that's why you'll do ballistic movements. And what that means is like, you know, you can do arm swings, shoulder shrugs, kick your legs around, go for a jog, anything Jumping where you're kind jacks. of quickly moving, you're in and out. We don't want to hold, right? Because we don't want to stretch that muscle and eliminate that stretch reflex. There actually was a study done where sprinters, um, Olympic, or college sprinters rather, there was three groups. There was a group that didn't do any warm-up. There was a group that did, um, you're kind of you're like holding a stretch warm-up. And there's a group that did a ballistic warm-up. And uh, ironically enough, the group that actually held the stretches performed worse than the group that just started running out of nowhere, wow. which you would think is unreal. And this is kind of being rhetoric, like you should stretch before you work, but that's not really the case. It's fantastic after definitely implement that into your regimen stretching definitely has its place But uh, ballistic movements are going to be your go-to to get everything kicking get you warm and The easy way to do this is just do you know 10 minutes on the bike or 10 minutes incline walk Something like that or just you know kick around use a band open it up challenge yourself that way So you might want to switch that one up Ralph little switch you can do it's nothing too bad keep in mind you're not going to die or anything i think it was yeah. a decrease of three or four percent in performance but three to four percent is a big increase or decrease in my mind i like every edge i can get so that's why we're trying to teach you to train hard train smart and train intelligent but we're going to cap it today at a lesser one we did get some great questions yeah. not enough to do the 30 minute episode no, we wanted though not yet not enough, but we are saving a few because we're going to leave, obviously, so we want to get some content prepared, film some great podcasts out there. Maybe we could do like a, a longer one or a live YouTube or something really cool in Miami. Fun. That'd be, be pretty sweet with the, the sun kicking and all that. So thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great Monday, everyone. Y'all are going to crush it. Make this week count. We'll see you in the next podcast on Thursday.